Creative Babble. Hello, Mr. P Hello, this is Stanley from the College. Stanley Moyle. Stanley? Yes, sir. I, I got your number from one of the other residents, and they said, um, they mentioned that you could help me out with something very easy. It's Stanley Moyam. I, I thought you could help me with a guest, just letting a guest in. Letting a guest in? Yes, I've arranged for the company of a lady on Valentine's Day, and I'd like you to let her in for me. That's all. Oh, okay, well, that's fine, Mr. Stanley. If you live in the Houston, Texas area, you probably recognize this voice. This is Kevin England, otherwise known as Special K from the KRBE Rula and Ryan Morning Show. On this earth, so I just wanted a good, you know, Valentine's Day romp, as they say. <laughs> I got you. Well, you I, understand? I, I some some playtime uh, for Twinkie, if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm looking for a bit of coitus, if you know what I mean. I'm not sure if we have the same type, you know, Ed, if you judge whoever comes by, you know, what kind of ladies you like. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't judge nobody. Oh uh, no, I'm I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm I'm hoping she has a look like either Betty Davis or Brew McClanahan, um, Prince. Okay. Prince was a wonderful young lady. I used to listen to her music all the time. You said Prince? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a man. Special K has been a professional prank caller for more than 13 years. Because, sir, last month, last month, yes, the young lady pistol whipped me and stole my Claritin. Okay, listen. So, just do this. Um, like his influences, the Jerky Boys, Special K spends most of his days calling strangers' numbers, hoping that some unsuspecting person will take the bait. Do you wrestle? Yes, sir. Sir, do you do wrestle? wrestle? No. 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 Would, would you like to? Sir. Why wrestle who? Adriel, who has put you on the Rule and Ryan show on KRBE. Husbands, wives, and co-workers request Special K's help just so they can get a good laugh over the radio. It's all innocent fun. No one gets hurt. Now you had me going because when you were saying that, because you knew everything to say. I was trying to laugh when you said Prince. I'm like, that's a man. <laughs> okay, I just need a message for your wife. Tell her. But that was a good one. She said she was going to get me. She got me. You know, I enjoy a good prank, man. I love freaking Borat. I grew up with the Jerky Boys, you know, like Crank Yankers. Love those guys. Like, I think a good prank is universal. I think people like that. It's funny. But my question to you is, you know, as somebody who does this every day, is it like, what? where's the line? Yeah, and I've pretty much developed a good solid line um, because... I've caught hell. I've gotten in trouble many a times for going too far. So now I know just how far you know, I can go. Um, you know, I can't cause any any bodily harm to anyone. I I don't like to make people cry. But it's 2019, and nothing's funny anymore. In fact, real prank calls like the one that Special K does in Houston are really rare. Most of the prank calls you hear on the radio are staged. Media companies who own radio stations just don't want to deal with the legal risks. 
I have to get permission in these calls to put them on the radio. I can't just put people on the radio. So if they're not comfortable with what just went down, then I'm not going to put it out there. I'm not going to embarrass them. But what, what fascinates me even more than the prank call itself is that now you have to call these people and convince them to use it on air, right? And so, like, what's that like? Are, have they forgiven you at that point? It works on every single call is different. Um, uh, if I'm lucky, they will stay on the phone with me the whole time until I am able to get all my jokes out and make that revelation that, hey, your sister set you up on the Rula and Ryan show. That is ideal. But Special K tells me that for every prank call that you hear on the air, maybe five or ten of them just die on the cutting room floor. If he can't get permission to play it, it just won't air. Everything he does is on the up and up, and no one gets hurt. But that's not what this episode is about. In this episode, you're going to hear actual prank calls that start out funny, but end up leaving a trail of destruction. In fact, this is the point in the show where I'll warn you that if you have a little one in the room, or just are uncomfortable with topics about sexual abuse, then you might just want to set this one out, because it's about to get really ugly. We're going to see the Milgram Obedience Study in the most extreme form. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Today's episode is supported by a brand new podcast from Wondery and the Los Angeles Times called Detective Trap. I don't know about you, but I personally love true crime podcasts with real law enforcement professionals who do things a little differently. This story is about a veteran detective named Jalissa Trap. She's not your typical cop. In fact, I bet her style is guided more by her gut than anything she's ever learned at the Academy. The podcast named after her, Detective Trap, takes a look back at the case which defined her career. It's the story of three women who disappeared in Santa Ana, California, without a trace. Hear how this unconventional detective brought justice her own way. Subscribe to Detective Trap on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to right now. You can also find the link in the episode notes. Thank you for calling. This is Bummy. I help you. Hi. How are you? I'm is okay. Is everything all right over there? My name is I'm calling from Simplex Grinnell, the company that installs the fire alarm systems in the building. Yeah, as far as I know. Okay, because I'm showing that there's a silent code signal being sent from the alarm system indicating to our network operations center that oh, there really? has been a fire alarm being pulled. Oh, really? The voice you're listening to is not a technician who installs the fire alarm system in the building. He's a man-boy prank caller who goes by the name of Dex. He's calling a hotel clerk working the night shift, alerting him that something is wrong with the fire system. Now, can you confirm to me nothing's happened? Well, wait, hold on. Let me look. 
Because I didn't hear anything. Hold okay, on. well, does it, sorry, I, I, exactly. Given by your background, it doesn't sound like any sort of fire alarm has been pulled. I just need to confirm that no incidents, because otherwise we have to send emergency response right away. Okay. Do yeah, not okay, hang up. Hold on. Do not hang up. Okay, hold on. No, I'm not. I'm going to put it down. Hold on. All right. Sounds like a winner. Dex knows that he's found his mark. Now, I'm going to tell you how this prank call is going to end, and you're not going to believe me. Dex is actually going to convince this hotel clerk to strip naked and sodomize himself. Now, listen to how all this unfolds. Remember, Dex is posing as a fire alarm tech. He's asking the hotel clerk to perform some tests on his end. Let's play the tape. I'm looking at the screen over there, and it's not showing anything lit up. It says it okay. just says normal. All right, sir. All right. Now, what I've gone ahead and done is I've deactivated the fire alarm because we do need to get this reset. Otherwise, emergency response will show up, and they're going to want to clear the whole hotel out, and they're going to want to thoroughly yeah. check everything. Dex, the prank caller, asked the desk clerk to pull the fire alarm in the hotel lobby. Uh, all right, now what am I supposed to do? Just pull, just hold it down for five seconds. All right. All right, I hope, I hope it doesn't go off. No, it will not, sir, I promise. All right, hold on. And sure enough, the fire alarm goes off in the middle of the night. It didn't do that. It oh, off an alarm. You didn't reset it in time. Okay, sir, what you're going to do, push it back up, sir. Push it back up. Let me see if I can do it. All right. So now Dex tells him that they're going to have to do a manual sprinkler override. Because if not, every sprinkler system will go off in five minutes. That means every hotel guest will get soaked. Of course, that's not how fire sprinkler systems work, but the clerk doesn't know this. He thinks that there's a real emergency, and he's trying his best to do his part. Poor guy. And in five minutes, oh, every shit. sprinkler system is going to go off. That's why we need to do a manual override. Now, just How do we me, do that? Uh, listen to me carefully. Now, do you see a sprinkler head on the wall or is it on the ceiling? In the it's lobby. On the ceiling. So what you're going to do is get on a desk and there's going to be a glass tube and you're going to break that tube either with a remote or a broom or something like that, okay? Where is it at? It's above the sprinkler head. It's going to be a glass piece or a metal piece. You have to break that piece. Where do I, where, where's the glass piece? At the ceiling, sir. Look up on the ceiling. Where do you see the sprinkler head? I see a ceiling, I see a sprinkler head right by me, right above me. Okay, great. Now grab a broom or something like that and break the metal piece or the glass piece above the sprinkler head. You're going to see it. It might be colored red. Okay, put the phone down. Hurry. Jeez. Hurry. The clerk tries breaking the sprinkler with the broom, but it doesn't work. He needs something stronger. All right, you can. You, is it something you can pull off the ceiling panel? Oh Jesus! I'm gonna get fired for this. No, you're not, sir. Grab the fire extinguisher. Dex puts the call on mute and starts chatting with his buddies. You see, they're all listening in on a private prank net chat room. How old do you guys think he is, man? He's not gonna get fired. None of these motherfuckers get fired. That's what's so appalling. That's what's so appalling. I don't think you know what that word means. A few seconds later, the clerk gets back on the phone. Yes, sir. What am I supposed to do now? Sir. Yeah? Now, you're, you're not going to get fired, and I'm going to tell you why. Because when your boss asks... Okay, first of all, did anybody see you pull the fire alarm? No. Okay, good. Now, when your boss asks you what happened, you're going to tell them a black man came into the hotel harassing you, okay? And there was a quick five-minute tussle. 
Okay, there was a struggle. He overpowered you, ran to the fire alarm, pulled it, and then ran out of the hotel, and you went chasing after him around the block. Okay, but he managed to get away. You are not going to get fired, sir. I will back you up 100%. Do you read me? Yeah, there's absolutely nothing I can do to shut this off. Sir, sir. Yes, I heard you. Who pulled the fire alarm? I was the one that did it. No, no, that's not the official story. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Who pulled it? Well, what you just told me. Well, we got to get it straight. Who pulled it? Black guy. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Dex, the caller, manages to get the hotel clerk to abandon the hotel lobby and go outside. Before he hangs up the phone, Dex gives him specific instructions. All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call you on your cell phone right now, and you're going to head to that pool. Grab your cell phone. This motherfucker is going for a bath. The hotel clerk is pacing outside the hotel, holding his cell phone. You can hear the alarm blaring. He's telling customers that this is a false alarm. Guests are calling. This is scarier than hell. Don't worry, sir. Just remember the story. I got a telephone call coming in. Hold on. This is a front desk. No, we don't. There's a false alarm. Goodbye. Starting to get guests calling over here. Dex wants to get the clerk to the pool, but there's a problem. The pool belongs to the adjoining hotel next door. This is not going to work. Dex has to improvise. So Dex asks the clerk to go inside an empty hotel room. Okay. I'm in 112. Okay, good. All right, now where's the bed? You see the bed? One of the... It's one of those Murphy beds that pulls down. Okay, pull it down, sir. Wait a minute, i got to put a light on in here. This clerk has been working at this hotel for six years, and he's never seen a night like this. The alarm is blaring in the middle of the night. The guests are scared, confused, pissed. And what is he doing? He's walking into an empty hotel room, talking with some guy pretending to be a fire alarm tech. Sir, did you see did you see a mist coming from the spray, the sprinkler? Because I'm showing that the sprinklers were emitting a mist. It's a chemical, sir. Because the the sprinklers are designed the sprinklers are designed to emit an invisible mist, sir. It's a chemical. Now, sir, that chemical has gotten onto your clothes. Okay? You're gonna have to take Sir, you're gonna have to take those clothes off because it's gonna eat away at your clothes, sir. I don't see any mist. No, sir, it was earlier in the lobby. The mist is invisible. It's on your clothes. Sir, please remove your shirt. You need to be brave. What are you trying to do? Sir, please. This is an emergency situation. I'm trying to help you, sir. This is your life we're talking about here. You're sending me in here. You're sending me in here. And you got me pulling the bed down. Now you're telling me to undress. Sir, this this is a... All right, I'll do it. But I'm worried that there's something going on that shouldn't be, because I don't feel anything on my clothes at all. Sir, you won't feel it, but it is there. All right, hold on. Shit. All right, I got the shirt off. Now what? Okay, sir, now what other items of clothes you up? Your safety is my number one concern. Are you wearing the hotel uniform? Yeah. Okay, sir, you're going to... I'm so sorry about this, sir. It's only going to be temporary. You're going to have to remove them. Please, sir, hurry. This is bullshit. I know, sir. I got a feeling you're doing this and there's something else is going to happen. No, sir. No, 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 sir. Never. I pinky swear. There was never... I didn't see any alarm going off. 
There was nothing going off. It said normal. So I know. Sir, I don't know. Operation Center. It was going off, sir. He tells him that the invisible chemical that rained down on him will cause third-degree burns. It takes a few minutes to set in. Please hurry. Everything is off. Now what? Okay, sir. Now lay down on the bed. Lay on the bed? Why? Yes, sir. Why are you doing this? For your own safety. I have a responsibility to the people in this lobby and to the hotel. And this is ridiculous what you just had me do. I don't understand this. I have a feeling it's a big joke. And I'll spare you the next three and a half minutes of this call. It's disgusting. But the clerk basically lays on his bed and begins to check his penis and testicles for the chemical. Ultimately, the caller makes the clerk check his own rectum, looking for the toxic substance. This is how the call ends. Okay, sir, I'm going to need you to say you have been owned by PrankNet. Operation Dex complete. This would be hilarious if it wasn't real. And I would love to say that this not-so-wise hotel clerk was the only one who was duped by Dex and his pimple-popping friends over at PrankNet, but he wasn't. These kind of pranks happened over and over. The same fire alarm prank happened in York, Nebraska in 2009. Dex and his buddies convinced a truck driver staying at a hotel in a Hampton Inn to drive his semi-truck through the hotel lobby in order to make the alarm stop. Sometimes they would call hotels and restaurants to make employees set off fire alarms, flooding carpets and damaging electronics. Other times, they would ask the hotel to transfer them to specific rooms and target the hotel guests directly. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. My name's Jonathan Davis. I'm at the front desk. We have an emergency situation. Um, there is a uh, older gentleman in room 103. His carbon monoxide uh, meter is going off on our end of the hotel, which means his uh, something's going on. I called his room. I ain't getting a response. I just need someone to knock out a window so I can get air air supply in that room till the paramedics show up. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll okay. uh, see what I can do over there. Okay, uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second, sir. Let me call you on your cell phone. And I'm I'm really worried right now. So can I get your cell phone number? And I'll call you right back on your cell phone. We'll we'll go from there. Okay, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. What you're gonna do is grab your toilet tank lid off the back of the toilet. You what? Sir. Grab your toilet tank lid so we can get that window knocked out so we can get air in there. Can't get a hold of the guy in the fire department's responding to a house explosion. I'll, all right, I'll be right there. Go to the go to room 103 and knock the window out so we can get air in there. So are you there? Yeah. Did you get it knocked out? No, it's a geez, it's a big window. All right, let me. Why well, I, I got something in my car I can break it with. Okay, go ahead and do that. Hurry up. Huh? What are you doing? Breaking the window like I'm told to do. What for? <laughs> Why are you breaking the window? Because the man in the office told me the guy needs some air and he says to break the window. And nobody is safe from their terror. Even an ESPN reporter fell into PrankNet's trap. Elizabeth Moreau, 
who at the time was a sports reporter for ESPNU, was fast asleep at her Hilton Garden Inn hotel room when the phone rang. Hello? Hello, ma'am. Yeah. Ma'am, this is, this is Jeff Anderson, the general manager. Um, we have an emergency situation going on right now. We have a ghost lake in the building. Um, now, the authorities are on their way right now. The fire marshals instructed us uh, some uh, safety procedures that we have to take our guests through. And uh, what I need for you to do right now is I need for you to go into your bathroom, grab a towel, wet it under the sink, and then put it under the front crack of the door, and then come back to the phone as quickly as possible, okay? Are you kidding? No, I am not kidding, ma'ams. This is an what emergency. What do you want me to do? Sorry, I need. It's it's okay. It's all right, ma'am. I need for you to go into your bathroom, grab a towel, wet it, and then put it under the front door, like the front crack, and then come back to the phone, okay? Remember, he just woke this poor woman up. She thinks there's a gas leak. There's no time to waste. They're instructing us. We already had to do this for four rooms so far. We may have to do a few more. Um, they're instructing us. You have to go into your bathroom, grab, you know, the toilet tank lid for the toilet? The tank? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to grab that toilet tank lid, and you're going to use that to create a full oxygen clearance into the room. You're going to break that window, ma'am. Don't even worry about the window. We're going to fully reimburse you. Our insurance covers it right what? now. We whoa, need to, whoa, whoa. We need to get oxygen into that room, ma'am. That's why we have the towel under the front door, because we don't want anything to get into your room. The so window sorry. in my main room? Yes. Yes, ma'am. That's, that's what... Christ. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry about I mean, this. I've never had to do this before. not happening right now. No, I, I wish it wasn't happening. I'd rather... My shift actually ended, but yet I have to stay here. And so, you know, we're all dealing with this right now. It's a developing story. I need for you to go get that toilet tank lit and get that window busted right now, ma'am. Go. You really want me to throw this thing out the window? Yes, yes, ma'am. We've already had to do this for four other rooms so far. Please, ma'am. It's an emergency. I, I don't even I'm know sorry. if I'm strong enough to do this. No, like, I no, thought this no, was it, a joke it, right now. No, 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 no. It will soften, ma'am. All you have to do is probably three tries. That's what we had to experience for the other rooms, ma'am. <laughs> Hurry, ma'am. Well, one worked well. The glass cracks, but doesn't completely shatter. I have no, I'm like so fucking freaked out right now, I have no idea what I feel. One hotel guest after another would break hotel windows as they were told. Some would even throw their television sets and lamps out the window because they were told that the electric charge in the electronics could cause the gas to explode. This is audio of a hotel guest who just got off the phone with Dex, calling the hotel lobby. Listen, as reality sets in, it's really sad. Thank you for calling Best Western. How can I help you? Yes, uh, uh, I, I was just transferred to you. We had some kind of a gas emergency here. You know about that? No. Gas emergency? Where? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Room 210. Room 210. Here, a gas emergency. Ma'am, I just got called in the middle of the night, waking up out of my bed, told to break a window and everything else in this room because there's a gas emergency. No, I, there's someone called, someone called, um, for you, some guy, and he What do you mean some guy called for me? I just got done destroying the room. I, I, I had a call from the front desk here saying I, I had to uh, break my window and every, everything else in here. No, you got to be kidding me. I'm the only I'm the only one at the front desk. I had a guy call 
And it said, may I have room, two, room 210, please? And I transferred him up to your room. Well, we got a problem then because they just destroyed this room. They said it was a emergency that there was some kind of a gas thing and to do all these things in this room. The room is destroyed. But do you know anyone that knows you're there? No. The only person that knows I'm here is my wife. I'm not going to pay for this. They said they pay, pay for it and come and evacuate me. Then there's this little sick prank. A prankster by the name of James Markle calls a Homewood suite in Lexington, Kentucky. We have a slight problem in the hotel right now. Uh, what's going on is the one of the mate, one of the uh, guests that stayed in your room before you did. Uh, apparently, they had hepatitis C, and uh -huh. our maids did not properly clean the rooms. And it is, and we're, we're afraid that you may have contracted the disease from staying in the room and touching the objects in the room. And so, what we're going to need you to do, ma'am, is we have a doctor down here in the front desk in the back office, ma'am. They asked the guest to provide the hotel lobby with a urine sample. They said that the doctor on location can culture out the urine just to rule out any infection. Bring a urine sample to the front desk, and when you come down here, don't like say, here's the urine sample or anything like that, because then people down in the front lobby would sure, be wondering. Sure. That's yes. it. What we're going to need you to say, ma'am, is we're going to need you to say, this is a code word for it. We're going to need you to say, uh, hello, hi, uh, here's my, here's the apple cider. Okay. okay. And what we're going to need you to uh, just put the phone down, don't hang up, and then go ahead and bring it down to the front desk. Okay, gotcha. Go ahead and do that now. Don't hang up the phone. Just come back to the phone once you've completely gotten the urine sample, and then okay. go ahead and go down. Okay. All right. The guest goes into the bathroom and pees in a cup. Then James Markle instructs the guest to walk up to the lobby and hand over the urine to the clerk sitting in the lobby. As the guest walks down with his urine... Markle calls the front desk to enjoy the fruits of his labor. Good morning. Thank you for calling home with Sweet Sky Hilton Lexington. Janet, may I help you? Hi, Janet. My name is Jamie Taylor. I'm calling on I'm calling on behalf of Martina Lee's Cider Company. Uh -huh. uh, we have a we have a guest staying in your we have we have one of our employees staying in your hotel right now, ma'am. Uh, and he's got what we're trying to do, ma'am, is trying to get like a random poll of people who uh, are who like cider. And we're gonna he's bringing apple cider down to the front desk right now for you, Janet. Correct? Okay. He's, You're sure there's no poison in this? I'm I'm sure, ma'am. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay, ma'am, go ahead and take a take a take a, a good little gulp like you were drinking cider. Yeah. Okay, and how does it taste, man? Horrible. It's, uh, horrible? That does, that does <coughs> try, not try, taste like... T try another sip now. No, I'm not going to take another sip. That's horrible. This little podcast hobby of mine is a lot of fun, but it can be stressful at times. At night, I find myself grinding my teeth or just waking up with my mind racing. I found something that finally helped, hemp fusion. And it's not just for stress. CBD has been known to alleviate pain and inflammation, as well as anxiety and depression. Hemp fusion is natural and can help you sleep better and get more energy. Hemp fusion is available online and at natural product retailers near you. Pretend listeners can get 20% off plus free shipping off your first order when you use promo code PRETEND. So why am I telling you all this? Well, first of all, I didn't even cover half the stuff that these guys did. 
PrankNet is responsible for tens of thousands of dollars in destruction, maybe even more. One hotel alone reported $50,000 in damage alone. The list of hit jobs goes on and on. More than 60 incidents have been linked to Dex, and people would fall for these pranks all the time. And the worst part is, these guys were getting away with it. We spent the first two episodes in this series talking about the victims who answered the call and trying to understand why they were so gullible. But today, we're shifting our focus to the con artists themselves. Who are these guys? In order to find out, I need to track one of them down. The problem is, PrankNet has gone dark. Actually, that's a very good thing for all of us. You see, when they first started out, they were making all their prank calls from Skype. With Skype, they were untraceable. These idiots would place calls using fabricated accounts and then broadcast it live using their private video chat group called PalTalk. Eventually, PalTalk banned Dex and his buddies from their site. When that happened, PrankNet moved to another service operated overseas. They were unstoppable. But then, a seven-week investigation by the online magazine TheSmokingGun.com blew the lid off of Dex's secret identity. It turns out that Dex, short for Dexter, after the Michael C. Hall serial killer series, is not such a badass after all. He operates his evil empire out of his mom's tiny $600 apartment in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. The smoking gun even posted his address online. Brutal. They even camped outside his apartment for days, and Mr. Tough Guy wouldn't even come out to say hello. Neighbors say they rarely see him leave the apartment. I guess he's too busy torturing innocent people. But those who have seen him say that he appears to be South Asian, maybe Indian or Pakistani. He has short black hair, clean-shaven face, and doughy around the waist. Their words, not mine. But if I'm going to find one of these guys, I have my work cut out for me because, as far as I can tell, Dex and his buddies have disbanded. Once his true identity was exposed, the League of Degenerate A-Holes just disappeared. Getting to one of these guys isn't going to be easy. Where shall I begin? Let's start with James Markle. He's the guy that made the hotel clerk drink a sip of urine. After James Markle's cover was blown, it turns out that he was guilty of even worse things than prank calling. Markle pleaded guilty to aggravated sexual assault of a child. He raped a five-year-old girl and then threatened to kill her. And when police connected him to prank calls, they arrested him and sentenced him to five years in prison. He's out of prison now, so let's see if I can find him. No dice. Alright, let's try again. There's one person who I think will talk to me. My name is Gary, and my last, my last name is Batsford. I, that's my real name. I, I wasn't sure what to expect when I called Jerry Batsford. After all, she was part of PrankNet, and why would she want to talk with me anyway? Is she even remorseful for the damage, the pain, the chaos she created? If I contact her, would I become a target of one of her sick jokes? There was only one way to find out. It turns out that Jerry Batsford wasn't either of those things. I found her to be very kind and pleasant. We spoke for hours. And even after our call, we've been texting back and forth for days. She strikes me as the kind of person who lost her sense of humor. It's as if she's been beaten down by her own punchline. You know, there's this thing in comedy known as the benign violation theory. 
It's a theory that tries to explain what makes something funny. It goes a little something like this. In order for something to be funny, three things have to happen. There needs to be a situation where there's a violation. There needs to be a threat. There also needs to be a situation where something is benign. The situation needs to be not harmful. But in order for a joke to be funny, both these things have to happen at the same time. A person needs to feel like there is a threat and safe simultaneously. Let me explain. If Charlie Chaplin walks down a flight of stairs, that's not funny. But if Charlie Chaplin falls down a flight of stairs and then cracks his neck and dies, that's really not funny. But then if Charlie Chaplin falls down a flight of stairs and then gets back up again, that's pretty funny. See, it's why tickling is funny. When someone is tickling you, they're physically attacking you, and all you're doing is laughing and yelling stop. You're laughing and you're saying stop. Yet, have you ever tried tickling yourself? That doesn't work. That's because there's no perceived threat. The line between comedy and tragedy is pretty thin. Jerry Batsford learned the hard way. But it's been years since she has asked someone to trash a hotel room or to sip a cup of warm piss. So I asked Jerry Batsford, how did she get involved with such an awful group of people like Dex and Pranknet? I was part of a chat room called Pal Talk. Pal Talk is a private chat room app that Pranknet uses to communicate. In the chat world, um, to keep your room open 24 hours, there had to be moderators in the room. And so um, there had to be enough people in the, in the room to uh, fulfill. It was just like a job. And what we would do is we could project our Skype screens into the room and you could see who everybody, and there would be like 10 or 20 people on one call and, and one person would be talking and doing the prank, the phone prank, and everybody else would be, you know, like, uh, you know, like 20 directors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have all those people in there feeding, feeding them information. So, um, and I, that's how I met Dex. According to Jerry, PrankNet was more than just a chat room. In fact, it was a series of rooms, and there was a hierarchy to them, and you had to earn your way up the ranks. When Jerry first joined the group, she was just a minion. With my gold membership, I did like a trivia all day long. We did 24-hour trivia games. Eventually, Dex took notice of her, and slowly, she started moving up the ranks. And then, so he came in and messaged me and, I, and invited me over to his, uh, to his room, which was called, um, I think it was called Epic Pranks. And then, so, and, and so we went in there and, uh, and then I started meeting other people and got invited to other rooms. And I felt like I was actually moving around and I thought I was Back like... Back then, she was uh, young and immature. She thought it was funny to mess with people. I always wonder why I think things like that are funny. You know, and, or why it even, it even comes up as being humorous. To her, this was all fun and games. She wasn't doing anything wrong. It's not like she was physically trashing these rooms herself. These restaurant employees and hotel guests should have known better. How could they have not known they were being pranked? She thought, if they were dumb enough to fall for this, they got what they deserved. Am I wrong for doing the prank, or is the person wrong for being pranked? There are a lot of people that think that 
you should be smart enough to know it's a prank. You should should always have that idea in your mind that it might not be what it appears to be. That's fascinating that you even brought this up. You kind of mentioned that maybe they should have known better. Is that how you felt? When I was attacked, I thought that, you know, that was a defense. You see what I'm saying? That I would defend myself using that idea because it's a common idea, you know, that there's a responsibility of the person getting pranked. And actually, most of us felt that way, that, you know, if you can be pranked, well, it's your fault. But of course, that logic is warped. And Jerry Batsford sees that now. Next time on Pretend, Jerry is going to take us deep inside the inner workings of PrankNet. You'll see how they planned out their attacks and how they ultimately came crashing down. What a crazy story, right? Part 4 is just as nuts. And it's almost ready. And as soon as it's finished, I promise I will post it on Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, I have a bonus interview I'm going to post tonight that just didn't make it into the episode. It's about prank calls in the age of YouTube. You see, when I was a kid, if you broadcasted something harmful over the airwaves, you could lose your television or your radio license. Not today. You can find all sorts of trash on YouTube. So who regulates the web? I had a fascinating chat with radio veteran Gene Gates about the topic. If you want to listen to it, go to pretendradio.org and click the donate button. Also, thank you to Amanda Stormo, Sabrina Sarver, Kate Boland, Elsa Velasquez for becoming new Patreon supporters. I got your pretend shirts coming in the mail very soon. I also want to thank Special K with KRBE in Houston for letting me play your prank calls. Today's show was written and produced by me, and it was edited by the talented Logan Castrodale. Our theme music is by Joe Basile with TheChicken.net. Additional music is by Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. Okay, that's all we got for this week. I hope my listeners in the U.S. have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And remember, if things get awkward during Thanksgiving dinner, you can always tell your family and friends about Pretend and tell them what you learned about all these awful prank calls. Anyways, seriously, have a good one. I am very thankful for all of you who listen. It still blows me away. I'll talk to you guys very soon. Creative